0: bird dogs really did become my life and it was got to a point where it was a little scary um because i felt like i had like lost a lot of like my personal identity i definitely like was struggling like with like mental health stuff like living in new york city working tons of hours like grinding like it eventually takes a toll on you like how much at one point when i was at bird dogs there was a moment where i got sat down and was told on paper right now i'm a millionaire but i was also like if I'm gonna like succeed and like make myself better, it's really not gonna be here. Happened since like Barstool reached out, like during that time, it was just like serendipitous, um, and they were looking for someone to to come help build consumer brands. Like, what this could be, and then they put a pretty sweet number in front of me, and I was like, "I'm doing this." Like, what? Duh. Like, this is <laughs> this is sick. So. Welcome to episode fifty-five of New Money Talks. Yeah,
1: money natural, natural. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got our brother Kale here. Not to be confused with any other uh, form of
2: lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off with the jokes early. What's, eh? what's your last name
1: again? Uh, Schwartz. Kale Schwartz. Yeah. Who's been involved in many massive companies that we'll get into. And I don't want to butcher your story too much because we just we had a nice nice little pre-podcast chat. But w- if you were like if you were in front of some investors and you were just trying to pitch yourself. In a non-salesy way, how would you package what you do and what you want to do in, like, 30 seconds? Oh, Kyle's going right into this thing. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. so laughs> that's a good spot. question because it's kind of like what I... Makes been, you think. What, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, like, the
0: in the worst situation to pitch myself <laughs> in a lot of ways to an investor because how I am currently describing myself and marketing myself as an unemployed entrepreneur. But what am I, like, really good at? Uh like my whole career has been spent like marketing and selling products to bros. So like that's been my career. Like started off selling gym shorts to guys, to selling pants, you know, joggers, sweatpants, and then moving on to coffee and barcel sports type products. Like my whole career
2: has kind of been been spent marketing stuff to dudes. So it's for solid. people who don't know, you're like the fourth employee at Bird Dogs. Yeah. And yeah. explain what Bird Dogs is for any idiot who doesn't know what Bird Dogs is.
0: Yeah, so Bird Dogs uh Bird mm-hmm. Dogs is a direct consumer men's apparel business. Um like athleisure wear. Um that is like that sp- like kind of was catalyzed by the Facebook boom in 2015, 2016 content first tongue in cheek irreverent marketing uh and you
1: were in a lot of those initial ads and oh, still are to this day yep yep yeah. so mm-hmm.
0: it's a crazy business concept you know people love it people hate it but the idea is essentially like put content first make people laugh and then hide a product within within the marketing and like sell sell, sell something premium that way which is like Uh, been kind of like proven and this was
1: seven years ago so
0: yeah i started i started working at bird dogs when i was 20 years old um so yeah seven years ago that's fucking crazy yeah
1: (laughs) and you were doing what a lot of e-commerce brands now are realizing they need to do like with the content forward stuff because before you put up any image or like any generic video and it would do well on facebook just because of lack of competition now you got to have have good content
0: yeah oh 100 percent. i mean we weren't doing it because we like thought we were like smarter than anyone else i mean maybe our founder was but like we were doing it because it was like five of us and we just thought it we were hilarious and like what we were doing was funny so i was like no let's not like tell someone that we have really good fabric even though we do have really good fabric like let's kick him in the nuts kind of thing (laughs) no way Uh, (laughs) and Get their attention. Yeah, get their attention, (laughs) and and like the brand itself was all about like, uh, kind of like rooting for the underdog a little bit. So like, none of us ever claimed to be like alpha bros, if you know what I mean. Like, none of us even were really in fraternities at Bird Dogs, even though we're always described as like frat bro marketing. Like, we like to glorify like kind of like the nerdy like underdog type guy. Like a lot of our ads were like Harry Potter themed, or Mm. we talked about like. World of Warcraft and like kind of like that kind of stuff, um, which I think like really resonated with a lot of people because, you know,
2: rooting for the underdog is fun. Yeah. And so that's also the majority of people. It, if you say the word like Lululemon, does that trigger everybody at the office? <laughs> no. So like, <laughs> I mean, one of our,
0: one of the main selling points at, with bird dogs was like, we stole Lululemon's I mean, designer to like make bird dogs.
2: Um, I've seen that before. Yeah. That's yeah. a true story.
0: It's what you, It's what you want to believe. Yeah. <laughs> It's a really, really good product. I mean, to be honest, in the history of bird dogs, we've stole many Lululemon designers and employees to like make the product. But like, you know, you just try and find experts, if that makes sense
2: yeah it's interesting because i feel like that was a hot time for like a lot of the the leisure wear like there was like gymshark obviously Mm -hmm. There was like you guys lululemon was like popping off like 2015 2016 yeah um and like just the content was killing it back then. like i know birds just had the the killer content back in the day i I guess they still do yeah Um, but it was just like out of pocket type of stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it was we were doing crazy stuff and i think that
0: was like uh like that was the coolest part about the environment we were able to foster i mean like kind of like you guys two of my like really good friends from high school were like on the original team as well and we were kind of given free reign to like go crazy and because we were like making kind of a lot of money like we didn't really have budgets for stuff not to say like we were filming like you know hundred thousand dollar ads but like if we wanted to like go buy like you know movie quality lightsabers for like 500 bucks a piece like we could go buy movie quality like where do you buy that from i mean like there's like sites like for like (laughs) for like cosplaying like that kind of stuff like like like, comic con quality stuff so So, like that kind of stuff for a 21 22 year old to to go like yo let's buy like 15 pogo sticks and like (laughs) we'll all go on the east river and like one of us will jump into the east river and like maybe we'll get arrested, but whatever. Like, <laughs> like that kind of stuff is like, yeah. that's how we did everything. It was just like, you know, we could spend a few thousand
2: bucks. That's the best on, on an ad. And and how'd you guys know that that should even convert though? Oh,
0: dude, we had no idea. Oh, you had no idea. No, dude, we didn't know how to do any, like we didn't like attribution wasn't even in our dialogue until like later on. We were just like hoping that people would find it funny. And like, we did like the mix between like branded marketing and activation marketing, like early on um, we were heavy in the branded act, branded marketing side, which early on probably didn't pay off. But like when you're trying to build like a legacy type brand, that's going to like last over time. Like we really built up like brand equity because of that unintentionally for sure. But because we really just like wanted to tell jokes and like would force ads down people's throats, even though they weren't converting was like one of the reasons
2: that like i think this the brand of bird dogs hold like the its brand way. awareness yeah, yeah. like good brand awareness so so you sh- you showed up and you were 20 years old yeah what the hell did you do the first because I, I was reading your newsletter over here and someone told you to learn uh, photoshop the first day and you didn't learn shit well i was supposed to learn <laughs> photoshop
0: i was supposed to learn photoshop before i showed up to my first day and i did not but like learning photoshop if you know photoshop it's like really fucking like it's hard to just learn Photoshop. Like you need to actually be given a task in Photoshop and then like go do it. But no, I mean like, what did I do when I got there? Like, I just like helped where help was needed. Like there, there was a couple guys who'd been there for a little bit and like they start, they had a little bit of a groove in terms of like creating the content. So, you know, think about it as like a production assistant type. Like I helped, you know, pack bags of props, order props, come up with like, you know, storylines, you know, help write scripts, you know, was was an actor in the ads. Like the whole business model of Bird Dogs, like we were no agency. So mm-hmm. we don't work with any agencies. Like we were the editors, the filmers, the graphic designers, the you know, the people who wrote
2: the copy, like everything. That was just like the four of us, five of us. Damn. Um so it was like a full stack e-commerce company and making just crazy videos at the same time.
0: Yeah. I mean, early on it was like you know, make two or three insane videos a week for 15 weeks straight <laughs> and see what sticks. Um and they would just go on Facebook and we would put a shit ton of money behind them and they would either work and we would put even more money behind them or they wouldn't work and we would and then we'd take them down or if they didn't work and we really really liked them, we would still put a shit ton of money behind it. <laughs> and just like try and make it work to force it to work but yeah. you know
2: yeah that's so how do you determine if you guys like like dude this is sick just yeah like, run we it. it it's like one of the
0: like <laughs> you just have a chip on your shoulder We're like we tried so hard on this how is it not working <laughs> like the the star wars ad is a perfect example like we made this sick star wars ad we got like Life. We got like movie quality Darth Vader costumes and like Wookie costumes, and we bought these like thousand dollar lightsabers, and we went to Tompkins Square Park in the East Village and had a full out like Star Wars battle, <laughs> and we'd spend more money on it than any other ad. We kept calling it our Super Bowl ad, and it didn't work at all, because like we went back and like like wow we didn't even say what we sell once this whole (laughs) ad just like a bunch of idiot guys wearing having yeah and a lot of times that's how our ads like came to be it was like dude it'd be really sick if we had a bunch of lightsabers around here like maybe we can like write a star wars ad where we can buy lightsabers and so that was kind of how it worked like it was just like if we wanted something we would write it
2: into an ad and then we'd buy it
0: and then we hope we could like turn it into a converting facebook ad but you know, sometimes it didn't work. Well, honestly. what's like
2: the most successful ad you guys at your, your time there was at, at Bird Dogs? Like, what was the most successful ad you guys had? Uh
0: I mean there's a lot. A lot of our successful ads honestly like didn't have us in it, which probably is like <laughs> is what we should have probably realized. But like a lot of our successful ads were, you know, a lot of articles that we would work with like bloggers to publish um about our product and then we'd we'd boost like it's a, we'd like whitelist the ad to mm-hmm. a publisher um you know we did a lot of podcast marketing and advertising and that
2: worked for e-commerce
0: yeah huge podcasts were huge for us but we got in early like 2016 2017 like we were buying some pot like we we're buying a read on like part of my take which is a huge podcast for like four thousand dollars wow that's and really true today part of my take is probably like 80 grand yeah um and it was probably maybe half the size of what it is today. So like, like people just didn't really know what they had at the time when mm-hmm. it came to podcast marketing, like you could just like really
2: get some good deals. Interesting. It was just
0: like exploding. But podcast was like one of the reasons we kind
2: of blew bird dogs out. Podcast. Who would have thought podcasts would work for e-commerce, but I guess fucking hell, that's worth 40 grand for $4,000. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, we would, sense. we would
0: run up, we, we would know part of my takeout is airing and not just part of my take, but that was probably the one that really pops, but like, we'd know part of my takeout was airing on like a Wednesday morning. And this is probably like 2016 summer of 2016. And we'd pay like four or five grand for it. And you know, maybe on a normal day we would do 20 K in sales, call it we would do 80 K that day. And it was just yeah. like, Obviously, attribution marketing on podcasts is like a shit show because like your your code gets leaked if you're using a, like a discount code or a coupon code, whatever. And so like you can't really attribute it right. But like for us, it would just be like top line traffic just like yeah. at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. when the ad aired and it would explode sales. Um, and that was just like, dude, something is broken here. <laughs> but we were like, we couldn't spend enough money on podcasts. We were like trying to spend everywhere. Um, and then at some point it did break obviously and people realized that they had gold on their hands and now like bird dogs can't compete with
1: like dunkin donuts or chevy
2: yeah so it's like
0: all right fuck the whole mart it's
1: all so flooded now were you able to take clips from those podcasts and like repurpose them as ads or that wasn't really the focus
0: uh oh yeah we did that definitely weren't allowed to do it uh but we did it for sure like you didn't like get usage rights like early on, no, we would just rip it off YouTube. Um, and we got, in a, and like, we were obviously got in a lot of trouble about it oh, wow. for doing that with some places. But once we figured out that that worked, we totally would like license, um, that kind of stuff. Some people don't let you, some people do, but yeah, those were huge ads for us.
1: Dude. Now with like AI, there's some scary stuff. Like you'll get, uh, if it's like a supplement, you'll get like Andrew Huberman, just like saying something about a company that he's never said, but it looks like one for one or you you guys have probably seen uh Mr Beast I saw Yeah Mr Beast uh joe rogan like his or joe rogan's are big because it's hilarious that's like scary. he has headphones and he has a microphone so like you see his mouth moving but you can't quite see the words uh. but it matches up perfectly so he can be like oh new money talks podcast have you heard those guys are like amazing like you got to go subscribe to them right now and it'll look one for one like he just casually said on a podcast i don't know the usage rights on all that stuff or how- i mean that's super super
0: super super legal you definitely yeah <laughs>
1: Like, but like, what, we should com- try what, what this. like, <laughs> what legally like constitutes that? If you just prompt an AI to say something and then they make it, like, or if someone made an animation about something, you know, do you need someone's permission to do that? Like, it's, I mean, when it's it comes,
0: yeah, when it comes to like people, right? Like, if you're leveraging somebody's popularity to like boost a product and you don't
1: have like a deal with them, what's up, New Winnie Talks fam? As most of you may know, how you handle your supply chain and your inventory management. As an e-commerce brand or a 3PL, can make or break your business. Inventory management can be extremely tedious and daunting, and that's why there's tons of different solutions to help simplify this process. However, none of them come close to what InfoPlus has to offer. InfoPlus is an all-in-one warehouse management tool that helps you streamline your warehouse operations and automate processes to save time, reduce errors, and elevate your inventory management. InfoPlus can help you increase order accuracy to over 99% and help boost on time shipping rates to over 99% with centralized workflows, real time inventory tracking, order prioritization, and automated shipping processes. And their awesome customer support team is there to help you configure everything in a way that is specifically tailored for your business's unique operational needs. InfoPlus also has hundreds of shopping cart integrations exclusive carrier connections and effortlessly syncs data with other platforms using their open API. Info plus is trusted by some of the world's leading e-commerce brands such as Walmart, Amazon, and eBay. So click the link below and check out info plus today to level up your warehouse management operations. Now let's get back to the podcast. Like you're just stealing their IP. Like that's
0: mm. ultimately what it comes down to. Like it's their intellectual property, the, their likeness, like you can't do that. Like, and that's like the shit we yeah. run into where it's like, it gets super complicated when you do it with actors and stuff like that where like we would hire actors or like you would get like someone to do a cameo and then you'd like run the cameo as yeah. Oh, yeah you can't run the camera yeah, no that's like, a gray no area. you can't do that <laughs> it's not a gray area you can't do it it's a black area uh, it's a black area <laughs> uh, but like you know in the dog days of e com 2016 2017 when like you know especially if you're bootstrapping like and facebook is going crazy and everything's on facebook dude you we would try everything. Like, someone would have cut off a finger if it would have like converted. Like, yeah, you know, that's like that was the mentality.
2: And, um, and Bur- 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 was bootstrapped. They didn't raise any money. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, Jeez. Yeah.
2: Um, so wait, th- they went out on Shark Tank, though, didn't they? Yeah. And they said like, "Fuck you," like Mark Cuban or something like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, Mark would have been perfect. For Mark that. Cuban, I believe, and these are not my words, that Bird- <laughs> we at Burdocks called Mark Cuban a dusty old queef. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark Cuban hated hated us um, and like we honestly they use him a lot in a lot of the marketing like not like his picture likeness or whatever but just like quotes he hated us he was called like they called him juvenile I mean the showing on Shark Tank wasn't like the best showing but they there was like the founders my found like the founder of Bird Dogs like had hey, no interest in getting a deal um you know it was just like this is going to be publicity well yeah. Yeah. the spike yeah, yeah and yeah, like yeah. if you can the crazier your pitch went like the more times they would actually air that episode. That's so, like, true, our episode man. got aired all the time and still does. Oh, damn. Um, and so, like, when that happens, it's like a, you know, 100K sales mom. Not bad. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad. So, worth it like, yeah, to yeah, piss yeah. those people off. To obviously. piss off our
2: Cuban. <laughs> um,
0: but, yeah, no. Crazy. Yeah. Shark Tank is nuts. Everyone I hear who goes on Shark Tank, for the most part, thinks it's going to be bigger than it actually is. And, like, when Bird Dogs went on Shark Tank, we, bought so much inventory because we were like this is going to be huge that we almost trained the business like we spent all of our cash on inventory and it was like really scary um but you know it depends what kind of business you are but yeah
2: i think the bump is never as big as you think it's going to be i think that's the bad thing about apparel businesses though too like inventory can just destroy you dude we almost sunk the company
0: a hundred times (laughs) hundred times on inventory
2: managing inventory is like the death of me dude like
0: like as, as I go through this process of figuring out what the hell I want to do, like everything I'm like leaning towards anything I can avoid skews and in inventory. Like I fucking hate inventory. Who was packing these orders? We operated and owned our own, our own warehouse in Newark, Delaware. Um, oh, so nice. we rented the Newark. space, um, pretty big warehouse. I'm going to butcher how big it was. So I'm not even going to say a number, but it was, it was pretty big. It was like bigger than a football field.
2: Or oh, actually sure. maybe that's a lie. Nah, football feels pretty fucking it's pretty big. Okay, fucking it's big.
0: Pro- maybe it's half football field. It was a big warehouse yeah, no. And like we were overflowing. Like we had yeah. containers outside and stuff. Um and I think they have more space now since I've gone since I've left. But yeah, we were like all ours just us. Uh,
2: what happens to all like the inventory that's like I don't know, you have like a you like size extra small? Do you guys have extra small or no? Oh, there's so much dead inventory, yeah. Yeah, like what the fuck do you do with all that shit? Do you like donate it? Do you throw it away? Do what you, do you what do you do? It? Burn it, like what do you do? Know. I don't know. That wasn't really my uh, that was in, that was in your forte. <laughs> yeah. You're just trying to make fucking Darth Vader movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't know what we did with all the dead inventory. I mean, a lot of times you donate it, like send it overseas or um run a sale, sell it to TJ Maxx. That's true. Like they buy it for pennies and they sell it for pennies yeah. and whatever. Like getting rid of dead inventory sucks because for two well, there's like there's two w- ways of thinking about. It. One is like you sell all to like TJ Maxx or something, right? Like or like a Marshall's and you know, you maybe break even on it and then they sell it. But what happened especially if it's a lot of inventory, what happens is like that's pretty shitty for your brand because then you get a bunch of consumers showing up to TJ Maxx and like buying your product for like ten bucks when it's like a fifty dollar product. Yeah. Um and it's kind of like devalues everything. So and then the other side of it, you could just donate it and like not, you know. And that was the Bird dog's mentality. we we never ever gave discounts ever like never discounted never wanted someone to be able to buy our product for less than we believed it to actually be just because we didn't want to incentivize people to only purchase when there were sales which i think people kind of do now yeah yeah. like humans and consumers are like now bred to expect a 20% off discount.
1: Yeah, especially like even when I purchase things now from the perspective of the brand owner and having run the email marketing like discounts uh, for abandoned checkout, I'll put in my information, I'll leave and I'll know in a day or two, I'm getting that 20% off discount. Like there was just a suitcase from a soul guard, fire suitcase, like $300, $300 suitcase, putting all my information, told my buddy who's next to me, I was like, all right, I'm not actually purchasing this unless I get at least a $20, 20% discount code. Two days later, boom, twenty percent. You save like seventy bucks. Yeah, but
0: but everyone's doing fondue now. You guys know what fondue is? It's like twenty dollars. It's like twenty cat twenty percent cash
3: back.
1: Yeah, or like credit.
0: Yeah, Yeah. which is really smart because
1: they'll come back and purchase
0: more instead of just like getting a discount. Instead of just like getting a discount immediately. So I don't know, stuff like that's happening. But yeah, discounting sucks. I. If I started, if I started brand, I'm not discounting.
1: Yeah. Well, what were you guys pricing these at, at the time? This shit's not cheap, though. Remember are not fucking cheap. I think
0: the shorts were 55 when I, when I first started. Now they're like pre-inflation. Si- <laughs> yeah. Now they're like 65. Um, there you go. But like, dude, like people don't realize like it's not, it's like, that's the like, and it's
1: like barely a margin, right? Yeah. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's Lululemon these days? Like a hundred? Like for 80, shorts? 90, 100. Six, yeah. It's probably 68 or 72. Dude, that shit's so yeah. expensive. My Dude. girlfriend bought
2: me a pair of Lululemon for like $85. I,
1: I swear shit. I got a pair of shorts like a couple months ago for 80 bucks from Lululemon. Like the Maybe they are. Everything and all this shit. You Maybe know? they are. Oh my God. Best like great shorts. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, they are. But like, And they, they have, have their like anymore. lifetime warranty or whatever. He's like shrugging it off. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> after working
0: in a you and like I'll never buy expensive shit like that.
2: Oh yeah? No.
0: No. i mean dude especially right now like think about it everyone right after covid had so many fucking inventory issues everybody under the sun if you go to a tj maxx or marshalls right now like dude you can go buy anyone any premium brand for 80 like percent off. off that's true i've like, gotten
1: a couple of nice deals like that yeah like you go TJ buy maxx like a peter
0: stuff. millar like 120 dollar polo for like yeah. 20 bucks damn and TJ also maxx. yeah i'm a believer in it like I'll probably never start a fashion brand just because like I'm a pretty big believer in fast fashion. Like Zara, H&M, like those people yeah, are just, Uniglo, they're just disrupting so hard. Yeah, they right dominate.
2: Um, so, yeah. So, you also did a whole bunch of like uh, product stuff at yeah. Dogs, right? How did yeah. you get pushed into the whole the whole world? Um,
0: Honestly, I can't really remember how like it was decided I was going to do it maybe it's because like my boss knew i would just like say yes to anything cuz i was kind of a pushover and like he, he was really he was a good boss and he was really good at like he knew my personality really well so he was like oh if i turn this into like a really good challenge for kale and like incentivize him like cuz he knows no one else wants to go figure out our supply chain like you know if you do this you know i'll give you a big bonus like promotion whatever Um, and so me being like i think i was probably like 22 like say less i was like promotion yeah (laughs) let's fucking go uh so anyways he was basically like look we're buying and i knew this too and it was a shit show like we're buying bird dogs the shorts the pants for the same price now when we were doing 20 million dollars in sales as we were when we were doing one million dollars in sales we had no economies of scale in our pricing we had no idea what like each you know, raw material going into the product was costing because we were working with um, an agent. We weren't actually going direct so to, to like a factory. So we just like couldn't get our prices down, our cost of goods down. And so he basically was like, look, like we need to buy everything at the most baseline level as possible. So like we need to source our own buttons from a button factory. We need to find our own yarn from a oh, yarn shit, factory. Mom. We need to go find a garment factory. Like, you know, and we need to have, as dirt low level pricing as we possibly can so we can use the savings on marketing because facebook cpms are rising and like we're acquiring customers for you know 60 bucks instead of 40 bucks whatever so like every single dollar which is going back into marketing like it's not like we we're like the business was profiting more it's like this is the world that we are now living in especially like post ios 14 which was just like shit show so yeah. so anyways i was tasked with I was the sole employee of the bird dog supply chain and I was tasked with... Going to China.
2: Rebuilding. (laughs) Well,
0: well, well, rebuilding the... pro, Like essentially rebuilding bird dogs. Like I had a product and I had to go figure out, you know, how to get all these individual units, you know, back. So yeah, dude, it it was a fucking grind, but we did it. I found like the coolest garment factory in uh, Vietnam whose bird dog still works with today. And we built the product back up exact same in my opinion better quality for like 30 percent less than we oh, were doing damn. it before and so and all those dollars went back into um marketing like we were just able to spend more marketing like it, it was crazy because i was like this is a lot of work like i need some help and my boss yeah. kept hiring marketing employees marketing employees mark like i hired a guy to help me on the product team and he started and the next day my boss was like we're actually going to take him to the marketing team i was like dude i just sent like <laughs> Three months recruiting this guy, Jeez. got him to move here from Chicago. Jeez. And my <laughs> boss, like, ah, he's gonna be a marketing guy. I'm like, ah, oh,
2: it, Damn. um So they loved marketing at Bird Dogs.
0: I mean, it just was like, it's the core of the business, right? Like, an economy you have three pillars it's product, marketing. What's the third pillar? I don't know. Two pillars then <laughs> product and marketing, right? You have to have a good product, you have to have good content marketing. And like, at Bird Dogs, like, we had a good product. We were kind of getting by the skin of our teeth on, like, our bandwidth to, like, manage it. Like, we weren't launching a lot of new products at this point. We really were just shorts. And then, eventually, we got pants, joggers, bathing suit, all this other shit. But, like, we got bird dogs to, like, 20-something million dollars in sales by just selling gym shorts. We had no other products, which is absurd. But, like, to me, that's the power of, like, having a hero product, an MVP product. So...
1: Okay, so. I was going to say, what did the timeline look like for growth? Like year one, year two, year three, like, did you jump in when they were generating revenue or pre revenue and no generating, just- revenue, generating and, revenue. Okay. Yeah. And do you know, like around what level that was like either on a monthly or yearly basis? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was like,
0: like, right, like low seven figures and then, you know, we got to mid eight figures um but a couple years. by the time i left not yeah. a co- i was probably like five years yeah um wow. but yeah i mean it's like 2017 to 2020 the end of 2022 so like through covid and all that like insane growth but um yeah big some big numbers dude we were dealing with some big fucking numbers by the end yeah. of it which was scary when you're managing inventory because like you know one two percent growth were hundreds of thousands of shorts and like yeah. if you don't sell those it's just like oh, just sit there. yeah they're sitting there like you're like pushing back payment terms with your factory and like begging them to hold or stop production or whatever and like we can't stop production like we hired all these people and it's like ah oh, that was like a l- lot of lost sleep over inventory i'm really glad i'm not really dealing with any of that shit right now but um
1: yeah it sucks it sucks a lot and in the early stage of building this out you were also going to school at the same time right you're going to college uh like-
0: yeah so i started working again i wasn't like my stresses working at bird dogs didn't really stop like early on it was fun right because i didn't have like he wasn't tasking me as a college kid to worry about like i wasn't thinking about the PL my yeah, my yeah. first couple of years at bird dogs right i was thinking about you know spending dollars on podcasting i was thinking about creating marketing content i was thinking about like trying to buy ads and stuff like that so i was really on like the media marketing side early on especially when i was in college um so yeah college was really working at bird dogs during college was fun because it was like i had beer money and like yeah. so i was getting paid hourly to work at bird dogs and I, whenever i wasn't you know doing this class i was just like in my dorm room like you know trying to spend marketing dollars with barstool or with like Burt Kreischer and shit like that. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, I'd go back to class. So that was cool. Um, and fun. And
1: what's up, new Money talks fam. If you operate any type of business dealing with sending and receiving payments internationally, chances are you've probably experienced slow transaction speeds, high fees and poor user experience, with a multitude of different payment solutions. And we experienced these same challenges before we started using Payoneer. Payoneer is a secure and global payment platform that helps save up to 70% on international bank transfers and get paid faster, whether you're sending money to virtual assistants, employees, or doing B2B transactions. With Payoneer, you can not only send and receive payments globally, but also effortlessly manage payments and transactions with the help of their 24/7 support team by your side. Payoneer has facilitated secure international payments since 2005 and supports over 190 countries with over 70 plus accepted currencies. So you can definitely trust them as your payment platform. So go ahead and click the link below this video and try Payoneer for your next international payment to see how it goes for yourself. Now let's get back to the podcast. All of it was fun
0: but like you know once something becomes your life that's when it gets stressful. Like at, at that point it was just like this is fucking sick. Um, yeah but yeah,
1: was there any? Was there like a whole lot from college that translated to anything personally or professionally, like in your career, like you, any relationships? Anything, anything that, that was, was like full at all?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's your question. Did you but guys go pretty college? much. Uh, I, I finished early. He dropped out. I went like two
1: years. Dropped out. Yeah. Uh,
0: so college was great, but I learned nothing. Tangible for my, uh, that's not true. I, in my core classes, I didn't really learn shit, but I also was a uh, theater uh, minor. And so I started, I did a ton of acting in college. Um, and I wrote plays and I was in shows and I learned a ton about storytelling and live theater and being in front of an audience and speaking and like, being super vulnerable like all that kind of shit um and that was like the most helpful thing for sure from college where like i really like it correlated directly from that to like you know telling and trying to create marketing content yeah it's, yeah. um so that was the most useful thing but like when i told my parents i was like i'm gonna study some theater and my dad was like what the? <laughs> um but no yeah i mean like i was a development economics major i pretty much i technically i designed my own major in college like it was Not a joke, but like I kind of did whatever the hell I wanted, and like, yeah. At time, I mean, like, college is what you make of it. I, I thought, I think I became a really good problem solver because of college. But I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say anything. My mom's gonna be mad. (laughs) You gotta say it's what you make of it. Yeah, it's what you you make of it. I mean, I'm like all my buddies who I live here with, like. I met in college. Like my, yep. the, the the relationships you make in college is the most important thing. And th- I yeah. think, um, and I'm so lucky to have been able to go to college. Like, right. Um, so, but yeah, like I went to a liberal arts college. I'm not like learning. I had, dude, I didn't open an Excel document until I graduated college. Jeez. Like,
1: damn,
2: that's crazy. When, yeah. when, when you were there, how'd you even find bird dogs?
0: <laughs> a friend of mine from high school was working there. Oh, and shit. so he so kind of like, he kind of recruited me. I mean, dude, it was crazy luck. Cause I was supposed to go work one summer Because I was really into the theater thing. So I was like, oh, fuck this. Like, I'm going to Hollywood. Like, I was like, I'm going to Hollywood. Yeah, I'm going to LA. I'm going to be a movie star and write movies. And, like, I'll be the next Brad Pitt. And I got an internship on a TV show called Ray Donovan. Um, So I was going to go live there for a summer and work on Ray Donovan. which was a sick TV show. And God offered me the job, whatever. And then right before I was going to, like, figure out where I was going to live, he uh, ghosted me. And this is like a month before I'm supposed to go. So I'm like calling him, calling him, no answer. So I'm like, shit, what am I going to do this summer? Like I have all my eggs in this basket. Like it's an important summer, like internships in college. Like this is usually the one that helps you find a job. So I just like texted my buddy who who I knew was working at Bird Dogs. And I was like, you guys hiring interns? And he was like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, do you guys need one? And he's like, Maybe. And I, he's like, I'll set you up with a call with the founder and then, you know, talked myself
3: into <laughs> <laughs> being
0: able to come to New York City. But dude, yeah, it was fucking, it was like, it was fight or flight to get the, that first like internship at Bird Dogs. And then I never left. Like I just stayed. My he, I mean, they tried to get me to drop out of college, but you know, my parents were not having any of that. Like, um, so I finished ever. college, but um, yeah, Bird Dogs was locked, dude. Like I wanted to go make movies and then I got into this world of like marketing and e-com and doing crazy shit like that. And I was like, dude, why would I, this is the best thing ever. Why would I ever leave that? So,
2: and that's like a totally different career path. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like at Bird Dogs, you're still making movies. <laughs> you're making like the crazy. We're making ads. short.
1: We're making short films. Yeah. Short yeah. films. That's why they didn't really work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Like no. I, I had a couple brands that I had my cousin who's a phenomenal videographer. Yeah. Like who does you know he'll do concerts like he's filmed like Odessa. One of his buddies filmed like Justin Bieber's wedding. Like he's plugged oh, wow. into that like network. He's phenomenal at what he does. He made a product ad. But it was like a short film. It was yeah. like 60, 90 seconds, short film. It was amazing as like a video on the website. Yeah. But that doesn't convert as an ad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't.
1: It's unfortunate. It doesn't uh, actually, I'm
2: curious. Like, you've seen a lot of ads, obviously. What does fucking convert? Like, from your experience after all these years? Like, um, if you could pinpoint something and be like, this has to do this. It's like a structure.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's like? there's a formula, right? Hook. Um, clean, clean product whatever it is, clean, you know, features, value props. Um, Then I like to think humor, depending on the brand, but humor just means like making someone feel good, right? So hook, value props, value props and product, humor, make someone feel good. And then the sell, like, what is it? Free shipping, discount, you know, limited time, whatever, like then the sell. That's I think, what I think works.
1: I think of like Dr. Squatch, all the things They're that you can oh, yeah with their ads. Dr. So Squatch good. Is sweet. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's a, most of Dr. Squatch's ads are made by an agency in San Diego called Raindrop. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of them. They make, they make the sickest ads ever. Yeah.
2: They have this new deal. If anyone's looking at them, it's like, if you buy three, you get three. If you buy four, you get four. Some stupid thing like oh, that. Yeah. So it's like, actually, if you if you need some soap, <laughs> you can check them out. You guys should yeah, get Dr. Yeah. Squatch this week. We should. That'd be so yeah. funny. I'll just take the free soap. That shit's actually so good, really?
3: man.
0: I'm not a fan, dude. Like, I've actually been talking to some guys, at Dr. Squatch. So I might get shit for this, but like, i don't want to smell like fucking pine tar and no, cedar Dude, wood. the
2: pine tar actually smells so far i've <laughs> tried it
0: no, no but like you dude. have to try
2: it like this is <laughs> like, weird but like it fucking. a brick on you dude like no nah, and it's like it has like little like shits in it so like when you put it on your body like you feel it it's like, like it's like, exfoliated it. yeah, 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 yeah yeah no yeah. it's fucking good stuff yeah it's like a whole expensive. ad for them right now it's just like it's just like expensive like shit but like yeah it's solid they though.
0: must have yeah. sick doctor's garage probably has sick margins
1: yeah, yeah you think so yeah.
2: Nah, yeah, it's uh, gotta be cheap it's, it, they, well, they, they, they sell raise, relatively like, low they raise a shit ton of money 100 million
1: money. bucks yeah yeah. I don't know how
2: much so, you were at Bird Dogs you went to Barstool you left I, I was reading So uh, he also has a newsletter we'll link it below yeah yeah it's called like Trust Fund
0: Trust Fund subscribe With no without D. the D no D I do not have a trust fund you can ask my mom and dad I, <laughs> I've, been, I've been asking them for years <laughs> and I just hope one day they'll surprise me but uh, no yeah yeah so I started my newsletter Trust Fund um, I'm in week two Uh, Well, actually, I don't know when this is coming out, but I've released two so far. But oh, it'll like
1: probably, probably be on like week five week, week five all right yeah, yeah. yeah
0: dude so at this point trust fund is probably one of the biggest newsletters out there <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah so thank you. But
2: you you were talking about how you went from burdogs to barstool yeah and like you left your awesome job you thought you're gonna get a better job getting paid more money blah 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 I th- you, you wrote it on there so i could talk about it yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you i think you wrote something like oh i had stock options i thought i was a millionaire but i actually wasn't a millionaire some shit like that yeah, yeah. i mean so you
0: go from a startup like burdogs which you know if unicorn you, yeah um i wish it was a unicorn <laughs> nah. uh, so you go to start go from a startup like bird dog especially when you're an early employee like if you negotiate right which i think everyone should it's like you try and get options in the business um and you know that belt that equity as long as the company's growing rises over time and like at one point when i was at bird dogs there was a moment where i got sat down and was told on paper right now i'm a millionaire how do they wow. sit you down? Like, it was like, like It's just like a performance review. That's funny. Um, and so, like, technically, based on, like, what hypothetically the valuation of the company was, like, I was a millionaire. I was like, this is dope. Like, you kind of like... I was probably, like, 20... I don't know, fucking 24, 25, and you're told that you're, like, an on-paper millionaire. Like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, but it's like, okay, I'm gonna go buy new shoes today, I guess. <laughs> uh, but with all that being said, like at the end of my time at bird dogs, I really actually like, and I talked about this in the newsletter too, but like, I definitely like was struggling, like with like mental health stuff, like living in New York city, working tons of hours, like grinding, like it eventually takes a toll on you. Like how much, however much fun you're having, like it's hard, it's hard. It's emotionally exhausting. And like all these things, like bird dogs really did become my life. And it was got to a point where it was a little scary. Um, because I felt like I had like lost a lot of like my personal identity. Um, You know, in college, I was like, you know, I played baseball and then I did theater and then I like, you know, had all these things going on. Whereas now I'm, you know, working. And I think this, this goes with a ton of jobs. Like you, you work and then like what else the fuck you do, right? Like do you have any hobbies anymore? So that really scared me. And so I'd started to kind of think like, okay, like what's next? Like I was really like tried to be like in touch with it all. Like I was like, you know, I went, I started going to therapy because I thought that would be good for me. Like I started to try and like talk through all these things and, and you know, the root of everything had come down to like, all right, maybe it's time to like try something new. So, you know, I'd been there for five years. I had gotten so much out of it. And like, I loved those guys so much, but I was also like, if I'm going to like succeed and like make myself better, it's really not going to be here. So I started to think, okay, like what else can I do? Like, what's my skill set? And like, happenstance like barstool reached out like during that time which is like serendipitous um and they were looking for someone to to come help build consumer brands i was like this is sick like i'm from boston i love barstool like i've been i've been reading it since high school um dave portnoy is from the same area as me in the north shore of boston like it was really cool and i had always wanted to work there ever since i was like in college and so i you know took a a phone call, which I do another phone call, which I do a bunch of interviews. Then we started negotiating on like what this could be. And then they put a pretty sweet number in front of me. And I was like, I'm doing this. Like what? Duh. Like, this is, <laughs> this is sick. So I broke up with bird dogs, which was like the hardest thing ever. Um, And like, cause those guys are family and still are. And like, it wasn't a normal, like here's my two weeks notice type thing. Right. It's like they tears. Like you're hugging guys. You're like, Obviously it's like dramatic now cause they live down the street and I see them all the time and play basketball with them, but, but it was a big deal. Um, and I left and then, you know, I didn't take one day off. I left for dogs on a Friday. I started a Barcelona on a Monday and just hit the ground running. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it all went
1: down. Damn. Yeah.
0: That's
2: powerful right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then this whole, that whole transitional period was also like hard of COVID or, no, 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 no. This was uh, pre. This is like just over a year ago. It's post
0: COVID. Oh post wow. 20, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Just over a year ago. This is 2022. So I, yeah, I just stopped working at Barcelona. I literally just got yeah. laid off. Um. So I'd been there a year, and then I got laid off.
2: Oh shoot. Yeah. So you went over there to do like consumer brands, right?
0: Yeah. So the idea was like we were going to launch and did launch, um, creator-led brands uh, under the Barcel umbrella, but exist on on their own website, have their own IP. And leverage the Barcel audience and the and the creators at Barcel, the talent to market and sell these brands. So
2: does that work, that whole model? Hell yeah. It does, right? Creator
0: led brands are awesome. I think it's the future. Um, I think it's really hard to execute, and I think a lot of people do it the wrong way. But like done well, creator led brands are the most efficient way to start brands. Are we talking like Chamberlain coffee? <laughs> For sure. Perfect yeah. example. Like, think about it, like When you're starting a brand, the hardest thing to do at the beginning is to build that core list, that core audience, that core email list. And when you are starting a creative-led brand, you're essentially, and this is like, I think the problem with people who fail at building creative-led brands, you're really renting that list. You're not buying that list. You don't own that list yet. That list isn't yours until you copy and paste them under the new brand but like you're renting them and you have their attention and you can try and get them over, um, to the other side. So that's really the power of the creator-led brand. It's like, you have the attention and typically you have the attention for free. So like Chamberlain coffee example, it's like Ember Chamberlain can post her fans and you don't have to pay anything for it. Cause
1: it's like her yeah. brand. But for you sure. don't actually own those customers until they become a paying customer. of some No, sort. exactly. Or they sign up yeah. for an
0: email list or whatever. Yep, like yep. they're not copy and pasted over. Um, And so once you're able to copy and paste them, then that's when it gets super powerful. Interesting. And typically when you're building a brand organically without an audience, like that shit is hard as hell. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, super powerful, I think. And I'm I'm bullish on creator led brands like I I'm going to spend and am currently spending a lot of time like thinking
2: about how I can like get my hands into some more of them for sure yeah how, what have you seen has failed with led brands though because i feel like like how do they fail like you already have, say you have a million followers on instagram yeah like you make a random product like they it's should, just not a good people product. should buy
0: yeah so 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 yeah that's a it's a really good question i think it's super multi-dimensional um creator-led brands fail uh first and foremost
1: with- What's up new money talks fam if you run an e-commerce business you know how important cash flow is i once had over 6 figures held up in a payment processor and without the assistance of outside funding i would have never scaled that business to over 1.5 million dollars a month but there must be a better way to access funding than having to knock on your neighbor's doors or awkwardly ask your friends and family for money like i did That's where Yardline comes in. Yardline's e-commerce funding solutions offer small businesses instant access to the best rates and terms to meet their business's needs. Yardline can provide your business anywhere between $5,000 and $20 million of funding and get you approved in as little as 24 hours. Unlike other lenders, Yardline offers a wide variety of funding options including small business loans, revolving lines of credit, revenue-based financing, personal and business credit cards, PO and invoice financing, SBA loans, and much more. The Yardline team will work with you to help you get access to the funding that your business needs. Whether you need help with inventory purchases, product line expansion, marketing, or anything else, Yardline has your back. And best of all, they provide coverage to North America, UK, Ireland, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, Netherlands, Belgium and Australia. So go ahead and click the link below this video, fill out the 3-minute funding application today and get the funding that you need to grow your business.
0: Now let's get back to the podcast. When the creator uh, isn't when the creator isn't like passionate and, and involved with the product. So like a lot of times what brands will do is like or, or a VC company or an incubator or whatever, they'll have a product and they'll be like, "All right, we just need to assign a creator to this product." And once we assign them, we'll build a marriage Then we'll launch it with them and it'll be sick. It's like, no, that doesn't work. Like how you need to think about it, you need to find the creator first. You need to understand their audience like so, so well, speak to them, get an understanding of what type of product are they, they're actually currently buying. Like what type of product could you launch that they would like hire and replace that product with, you know, and also what organically and authentically, would this creator be able to sell to his audience like you have to back into it that way um because otherwise typically the sell is inauthentic. You know, um because the product is just like not one that is on their audience's current like personal pnl
2: mm-hmm. have you do you know the guy named chef chris cho by any chance no he probably listens to this he probably will so he's like this like korean chef Mm -hmm. I think he probably has like three, four million followers across uh, social, like Instagram, Facebook. I I just had lunch with him. The way that
1: he advertises himself is like three words, like Asian uh, Philly accent chef or like Korean barbecue type chef. He's like, he's, Mm -hmm.
2: he's he's an animal. Like the guy's like millions of followers. He he like, he like blew up a whole bunch lately and he's trying to launch a brand what does he want to sell that he doesn't really know that's that's the thing like he be like sauce. like like
0: no, oh dude introduce
2: me I I, I I think i think i will because i yeah. think like that fits like perfectly in a sense yeah but i think he falls into that same because he was like he, he he hits me up and was like yo can we do like apparel with you guys at the 3pl i'm like dude why the fuck would you do apparel like who cares about apparel like yourself yeah. so, you do like cooking videos for like korean families and stuff like, yeah they like, do it more you synonymous apparel? with that you know yeah what I mean? dude i mean that's a problem like Everyone thinks they're just
0: they should just launch merch. Yeah, yeah, ugh, yeah. Dude, no one wants any fucking more merch. Yeah. Merch
2: is just like it's like everyone sells the same crap, dude. You know? It's
0: it's it's trash. It's really trash. It's all gonna go in the fucking like <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's all trash. But yeah, no,
2: like someone like that.
0: Perfect example of like, dude, let's go study your audience like so hard.
1: Let's talk to them. Like, so how do you yeah. study
2: this? Like, do you like post polls on his like story on IG or some shit? This I mean, stuff? yeah,
1: scroll through all the followers manually. There's lots of
2: ways. Yeah, I mean, like
0: cold dming like virtual assistant style or mm. like polls or hopefully he has an email list that's one problem with creators that bugs the hell out of me it's like get emails get emails get emails like don't like that yeah. is the most valuable thing you can do as a creator is collect emails um and we if you start have,
2: getting fucking emails then new money talks
0: yeah you need emails dude
2: we are newsletter?
0: like one of the things i most regret in my entire career I mean, that's actually not true, but (laughs) that's so dramatic. Uh, One of the things that I wish I did, which I haven't, which I just started doing is building like my own personal CRM, Um, Mm. which Greg Mead. uh, Shout out Greg. Shout out Greg. uh, Told me to do. He was like, dude, you got it. I mean, not that he's been really doing it. I think he's doing it now. But like over the course of my career, like think about all these like interesting people you've emailed with and someone like me. Like if you've had the same email your whole career and you, that's the one you use for work, like someone like me, dude, I've had 90 emails. Like I've worked at a bunch of different companies. Like, and then you leave the company, you lose access to the email. Like you don't export the emails. Like screw yourself a little bit. Like there's probably thousands of emails that of people that I've spoken to that I like don't have anymore. So like one of my goals with my newsletter, Trust Fund, is like collecting emails of people I, you know, like, can talk to reach out to and like organizing them in a functional way because obviously like as lame as it is like your network is your net worth and if you really can have these people organized like super super valuable and the for creators it's the same way it's like collect emails because god how much easier it is is it to launch a creator-led brand when you got people's emails if you can get phone numbers like that's why like even a rod in his Instagram bio, he's like, "Text me, and you can text his like." Oh, interesting. His like postscript or not? Maybe it's postscript. I don't yeah, know yeah, what yeah. they subscribe to, but like, yeah, dude, phone numbers are. I mean,
2: you guys, you've done SMS marketing, yeah, like, dude, yeah. So, so valuable, dude, very powerful, so valuable. You shoot one text, you just print like fifty racks. <laughs> Well yeah, numbers <laughs> <It depends laughs> <how many photo laughs> you have, dude. But yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. no but I do am even thinking like Chef Chris Cho. The guy has like millions and millions, millions of, of sh- contacts. People really. watch this shit. Like we went to a restaurant with him and like people knew him in the restaurant. Yeah. Just random restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So it's like when you have stuff like that, you're like, oh shit, the guy's like legit, you know? Yeah, one of
0: the things, yeah, dude, creators in general, like if you have a following, like the value of a follower, like market value of a follower to like monetize yourself is like one cent. The market value of an email or a phone number, dude. 800 times that eight dollars ten dollars yeah. i don't know but like yeah, it's yeah. so on average it's so much value like even on beehive like we were talking to tyler dent like you can monetize one newsletter subscriber for eight bucks immediately the second you sign up like if i had 10 emails i can monetize them 10 80 bucks like that's insane
1: yeah um
0: but yeah people don't realize that and that's I mean, one of the things I'm focusing on is like trying to help people monetize their audience. For sure, definitely.
1: I like how you said you're building out like a personal CRM because, uh, like, I it's an interesting perspective because a lot of people they have a professional CRM, but you don't look into your per- personal contacts as potential professional contacts. Like a lot of your businesses or a lot of the business ventures, like you said, it was your friend that like put you on to bird dogs. Like you, you weren't you didn't really see that as a business relationship, but just having that contact handy is like a big reason why you kind of are where you are today yeah so like that's I've, i like that kind of term or like that perspective
0: yeah i think when you become again i'm i'm not going to claim to be an expert entrepreneur whatsoever because i'm like a couple weeks in but <laughs> <laughs> as someone who's an entrepreneur uh your social slash professional network especially right now with twitter and linkedin and whatever like it really blends and morphs and like you know you don't know like are these people a friend are they like am i gonna leverage them one day it's like it's all it's, it's all, all connected it's all one messy like incestual pool Everything of, like, is people, transactional, right? everything's everything's
2: living in new york too and then everyone's yeah and everyone's <laughs> transactional
0: but like yeah i mean you have like your boys right like yeah. or like in in your girlfriend or, or your partner or whatever but then you you start to build out this like next circle of people like you guys and myself like just meeting today like you know I like you guys like I would get a drink with you like whatever but also like if we think of something that where we could help each other out sure. like open those yeah. doors yeah which which is like the funnest part about entrepreneurship I think is like you scratch my back I'll scratch yours type thing and um you know what I love about this community it's like let's fucking do it together and like everyone's yeah. really rooting for one another um which is super super cool
2: for sure yeah I got nothing else this, this, this was sick though I I
1: wanted to ask you like what what's what do you envision the future being like for you? Cause I know you mentioned that there's been multiple transitional periods in your life. This is kind of one of them right now that you're falling in where you, you're, you know, you're kind of torn between, do I work, you know, alongside another big company? Do I build my own stuff? Like, do I do a hybrid of both? Like what's it, what's the future looking like for you?
0: Yeah, dude. Oh fuck. I wish I knew. Um,
1: (laughs) I am currently
0: like, right now i'm like on severance i'm getting paid severance not for much longer but like severance has been sick i literally wrote about it today in my newsletter like severance severance fucking rules and you're an idiot if you don't think it rules like you just get paid to fucking do nothing um so what am i doing right now i'm trying to like you know hire just some clients that i can help consult with help pay rent help buy dinner like you know help me live by and then the rest of my time aside from consulting clients is going to be spent like either looking for a full-time job or trying to start hustles and like simultaneously while i do all these things it's like i really want to build a personal brand like what you guys are doing with the podcast like my newsletter like i think that's really important right now as an entrepreneur i think guys there are some guys who are doing a really fucking sick job of it like the obby guys oh yeah Ron. And, we had and, a lot yeah, i know yeah, you yeah, talked yeah, to Ron. Yeah. like both Craig and Gr- chris and greg mead are sick at it like aaron's it back, aaron's really yeah, good at yeah. it like it's important and like also just like going to go meet somebody and you feel like you already know them is so cool um in like for me personally like i've i've really invested in it and it's a hard thing to do to put yourself out there. Like I'm, I don't know if you guys like, right. There's a lot of social weird pressures of just like, you know, we're going to record myself. Ta- I'm going to record myself talking and put it online. It's like, dude, fuck nice ego. Like, <laughs>
3: yeah, but honestly,
0: yeah. like, dude, this is the content that makes the world go round. Like me writing my newsletter, dude, it was like hard. And like, I'm like putting my feelings and emotions into it and trying to be vulnerable. But the goal of that isn't necessarily to like be like, look at me, but it's more to like, give people like honesty and perspective um, on like the ups and downs of this like wild ride. But yeah, focusing on like building a personal brand is important. And um, I'm also just like kind of enjoying myself a lot right now, which is sweet. Um, yeah. Like, can travel. Um, I'm like getting ready to move in with my girlfriend. Like I'm doing a lot of awesome life stuff right now too. Like I'm 27. Like it's, you know, getting into your late twenties. So Focusing on that too. But yeah, just trying to do find more and more stuff I like love doing and, and lean into it.
2: Um, For sure. I feel yeah, I feel like you get stuck in your job sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. that like life real people thing just like doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like it's kind of crazy. Even this shit, like the world you live in, it's just like it's constantly business go, 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 go. And you're yeah, just like, wait, fuck, like, I can't yeah. just chill. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you kinda have to I feel like sometimes when you do chill your brain opens up and you're just like, Oh shit. Well, maybe I shouldn't just be doing this stupid thing that I go nine to five every single day and do.
0: Yeah. I mean, dude, you do realize now that I'm not like working nine to five, it's like, dude, there's so many, there's so much cool shit out there. Like, and so many people are doing it. And like, now I'm kind of like, like I said before, like I have this funnel of opportunities that I'm kind of like dating and figuring out, like it's like speed dating and like, you know, you kiss one girl and you're like, "Mm, that doesn't go well, but you kiss another one. You're like, there's some sparks there. Right. Like, so trying to understand, you know, what is really going to work for me moving forward. But yeah, it's been, it's been really fun.
2: Where where can people find you too online? If you want people to
0: find you. Um, so Twitter and Instagram is ASAP underscore kale. And then on LinkedIn, (laughs) we'll get it linked in the description. (laughs) Throw LinkedIn in the description. Then my newsletter is trust fund. Um, Where's uh, it on Beehive? It's on Beehive, yeah. Cool. It's probably at this point the, the largest newsletter out there. <laughs> F- <laughs> fuck you, morning brew Fuck <laughs> okay. uh, we'll yeah. <laughs> you. Kiss my ass. <laughs> uh but no, seriously, yeah, yeah. I appreciate everyone's support. It's I mean, people's support have been awesome. Like, I think five thousand people read my first newsletter. Damn, wow. So um it's been fucking sick. So yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully, monetize it like you guys are monetizing. Yeah, want right. me yeah, yeah, yeah. some sponsors, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll I'll uh, I'll market New Money Talks on my newsletter. Yeah, promo. We'll
2: we cross promo, yeah, we'll cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Shout out to the sponsor. Fire. I don't know who the hell is the on this
1: one. <laughs> we can't keep track of it, man. You know, it's tough? like it's gonna well, be. Is, it's gonna like, be right here, and we love like, all of them. But they, there's always like a lag where it might come out in two weeks or yeah, three yeah. weeks. We might have new ones. Yeah. might swap them out we well, gotta whoever the sponsors are thank you
2: so much y'all yeah we appreciate you no we
1: we very thoroughly like vet the sponsors we work with like they're all dope we work with most of them so yeah that's awesome yeah
2: 100 yeah, percent. then check us out on uh our newsletter like comment subscribe on all these nice videos yeah if you see another one that pops up you should just watch it because it's, it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> we had some good well 55 this is like this is yeah, commitment yeah. right here there you guys are pros this is like over a yeah, year it's so like, consistency uh, it's yeah. fuck this should cost money cost time so like might yeah. as well watch it and
1: yeah it, yeah i'm saying you get you get insights into conversations you wouldn't otherwise have any business being
2: in. yeah and we met well like last week over a group text with greg mead right and like yeah, yeah, now we're yeah, sitting yeah. down and like fucking fourth employee at bird dogs ex-employee at barstool and yeah. next thing you know maybe in a year you'll like, raise a hundred million dollar money for some company yeah Yeah, next time
0: we do this it'll be on my yacht yeah exactly
2: yeah oh yeah anyways catch you
1: guys on the next one we'll see you in the next one